With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. Yo, what's up? Welcome, everybody. Come one, come all to episode 26, the Lido Shepherd edition, back when we had a good secondary of the Grease Pole Podcast. As always, you can follow along on IG at Grease Pole Podcast. All previous episodes, all episodes in general, are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you for taking part. Five-star review, if that's what you feel. One star, if you think it sucks. Any feedback's better than none. Thank you very much. Um, yet another therapy session ahead, because that's all this has become, is basically big couch, let's talk it out, and uh, feelings, assess where we're at, and uh, just just recap the latest week's depression as an Eagles fan. But before we do that, uh, we actually we actually talked a little bit of birds on uh, on on fa- on Gear Freaks this week, Tuesday edition of the Grease Pole Podcast. So Fave Teams Fave Gear has dropped today. So what uh what do we have for the people, Justin, on Fave Teams Fave Gear? Finally. We showed some restraint, <laughs> and we waited 10 full episodes till we talked about our teams. Right. And <clears throat> honestly, I think it was smart. We may have said this on the episode. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to listen back yet. Right. But we could every week talk about, because there's uh-huh. gear on your side, gear on my side, that yep. are some of our favorites. 100%, period. dude. And we could do that every week. Right. <laughs> we could, I mean, <laughs> right. And it would it would we would do an hour every week uh-huh. and on the same gear over and over and over again, <laughs> and no one would want to listen. So right, we decided, hey, let's hold off on our gear and get it all into one episode. Right, and then if it comes up later, we'll because yeah. it does. <laughs> yes, very frequently <laughs> it will. But we self sacrificed We were even we even talked about a team that didn't that. Has no players yet before yep. we got to our own. Yep. We talked, we learned about two leagues that we knew nothing about. Yes. Before we talked about our own. So, Are you feeling about the, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right now? I still, I've, I've, st- I've thought about them every day <laughs> since that episode. <laughs> they they could have done it right. The, dude, they're taking so much free rent in my head because if you go Winnipeg Blue Bomber, why the hell is there gold? I, you can't. You look like Phoebus High School. <laughs> that was, I think that's the first thing I said when, <laughs> when the picture comes up. I was like, you look like the Phantoms. Why, right. Why Phobus, though? 
And it's just that's what I, I still don't I, – I have thought about them just about every day because – and it, it's nothing against our choice that we ended up going with. But, man, you wanted you wanted Winnipeg. Yes. For <laughs> everything. Like, the city for the, for yes. the team name. like All of the above. And then <laughs> – They forgot to check one box. Mm, like the most important one right. on, this, on the show. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, they just go, nope, we're not – we're playing with you. We're not going to do what you want <laughs> us to do. Which I guess maybe they've they've done something right because this right I <laughs> I mean I've been trashing them for weeks uh-huh. now so. yeah it's when 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 it sticks in your crawl for that long you know I guess there's no reaction a bad reaction is better than no reaction is what the kids say that's true so I guess I mean they they got a reaction out of us mm-hmm. even if it's not the one that I wouldn't think they would want yeah but you know they shoved us into the arms of another team. Absolutely. But Fave Team's Fave Gear was a blast. There was uh I think there's some choices in there that, that we made that surprised each other. And it's we both have teams that are that that there's a lot of good gear there to choose from. Um obviously, you know, I'm Philly across the board. So if you're a fan of this podcast, you know, it's it's an episode that you will enjoy. Eagles, Flyers, Phillies, Sixers are involved. Uh there's some teams in there that will elicit uh, on your end, probably not so good emotions from Philly people. Yes. You know, <laughs> yes. There is some heavy, uh, heavy New Jersey Devils talk. But yep. again, it's it's a gear podcast, and that mm-hmm. that how do you not talk j- Devils? You have to. You have to, man. That's elite level gear, and that's what we talk about. It's like even even though I I have PTSD from Scott Stevens still hitting Eric Lindros all these years later. Man, that gear. That's the only way it's, to put it. It's elite, man. It's elite. <laughs> and I mean, so I guess to, just to lay it out there, uh, so New Jersey is my hockey team. The Mets are my baseball team. Yep. The Suns are my basketball team, which will, I mean, that'll elicit no emotion unless you feel a strong way about their uniforms. Right, right. And or then, Barkley, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think we messed that up on our yeah, end. Yeah, that's y'all, not, not, not us. <laughs> right, right. And then I went with Vikings, but that's up in the air, which right. we'll... That'll suss itself out on a future episode yes. of Gear Freaks. We will get there eventually. Justin is currently on NFL Tinder. <laughs> he is flirting with many teams. <laughs> he is yet to he is yet to wife one up, but that is coming. So check out Gear Freaks this week. Fave Teams Fave Gear episode drops today. Um, as this episode drops on a Tuesday, whereas it normally drops on Monday. New Gear Freaks episodes every Tuesday. You can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Gear Freaks Pod. Share, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. So, I will say this before getting into the crux, if you will, of the Eagles-Ravens game this week. I came away from this win as a loss. I'm not moral victory guy. I, I don't believe in that. But this is probably the least pissed I've been after a loss in a while. Because you go in, and it's the Baltimore Ravens. They're a Super Bowl contender. I tend to I'm not going to delve in too much there but I tend to believe that you know Lamar Jackson's a bit of a flash in the pan. He's going to peter out after a couple of years. I don't think he's as effective now even as he was last year. You give defenses time, you know, to figure out this guy. They're going to figure him out. They figured out Mike Vick. They figure out all these guys eventually. That's just what happens. You got to be more than, you know, a one-trick pony. The leg thing you eventually have to you've got to eventually make plays downfield from the pocket at the quarterback position in the NFL. You have to. Um 
But going into this game, everybody, oh man, you know, we're gonna get killed. I saw like and and in comments section on social media is not a good barometer, but you peruse down the rabbit hole and you just you just see everybody's as Olaft egg. It's just depression, predictions of oh, the Ravens are gonna kill us fifty nine to six and just you know, just all this nonsense. And I I had a feeling with with our defensive front uh, I thought we had a chance of containing Lamar Jackson. That that part I was not super duper concerned about. Obviously, you know what he does bring to the table, though. Um, but again, going into this game, I think the the hot opinion was the popular opinion anyway. As Baltimore is just going to house the birds. That's the way it was going to be in everybody's mind going into this game because Baltimore is a Super Bowl contender as of right now. And all signs point to we are not. And you know the I saw. Uh, some some number somewhere on social media over the last couple of days where we are now there's like a seven percent chance of the Eagles getting the first overall pick in the draft. So now the Trevor Lawrence shit starts, which is just I'll 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 save that for for the off season draft episodes. But if that happens, I'm committing arson, um, and I don't think it will because Carson Wentz. Like it or not, is the truth. He is the franchise. That's my quarterback, as T.O. said. Tears in my eyes, and I mean it. Because this game does not play out the way it does without Carson Wentz. It does not. You're down 17-0 of the half, as the birds were. 17-0 of the half to Baltimore. And you're thinking, okay, they have us dead to rights. It looks so bad. It looks so bad. And then you come out in the second half, and there's a little bit of a pulse. There's a little bit of a pulse. And, you know, say what you will about Carson Wentz and his numbers on the day. Uh, he went 21 of 40, 213 yards, two touchdowns through the air. Uh, on the ground, he had five carries, 49 yards, and one rushing touchdown. Um, again, you, you're down 17 nothing at the half. This is a team that put up 22 points in the fourth quarter. 22 points in the fourth quarter to come back and make this game competitive and ultimately lose 30 to 28. Yes to Baltimore. Now we sit at 1 and 4. But again, I if if you look at a lot of these you look at a lot of these numbers again a lot of people are going to look just win loss column and and you know it, it, and that's what it is. But so I'll give you this. Through 6 games Carson Wentz has been sacked 25 times. That's the most in the NFL. We are, we're approaching, you know, David Carr level just ineptitude on the offensive line. Okay, and the reason that is, is because 17 offensive starters so far for this team have missed games. 17 through six games. You are only allowed. There's only 11 guys on the field at the same time. So we're talking like we're down to how many practice squad guys at different positions on this roster, everywhere. Travis Fulgham is now cult hero status among among this fan base after having, you know, he got eliminated from Green Bay's practice squad. You know, this is a guy now that has made three, had three massive games three weeks in a row. You know, he had the, the game-winning reception against San Francisco on Sunday night a couple weeks ago. Comes out last week, 10 receptions, 152 yards, touchdown same deal this week I think he had over 100 yards as well and caught a touchdown caught seven passes I believe so he's now cold hero status among this fan base he forever 
is going to be remembered. Whether, however, everything plays out from years to come, Travis Fulgham is going to be one of these guys that is that is beloved in this fan base because of what he's been what he's been able to do. So you're down to guys like him, Jordan Melata, the rugby guy. Okay, starting now at left tackle, Lane Johnson's out, Jack Driscoll, guys like this, Nate Herbig. You know, it, it, this is what you're down to if you're Carson Wentz, and you figure. Again, down 17 nothing at the half and putting up 22 points in the fourth quarter. The time of possession in this game, Baltimore had the ball for 36 minutes, 30 seconds. We had it for 23 minutes and 20 seconds. They essentially had it for another quarter than we did, and we were able to come back, punch them in the mouth, and make this game competitive and, and get it down to where you have a two-point conversion at the end of the game. Okay, and again, this is where Doug Peterson and and it, it it it's so funny to me. You go back to the Cincinnati game where he punted away and just accepted a tie, and now, you know, we're we're going we're down seventeen nothing and we're going for it on 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 going for two after every touchdown because it's just it he's got to overcompensate, he's got to overcompensate, and you get that first one, you get the first uh, two point conversion to make it seventeen to eight. You know, you miss the second one. So now you put yourself in a situation. You box yourself in to where you have to go for two. You have to. As opposed to kicking an extra point at the end of the game, tying it up, and hoping your defense can keep Justin Tucker out of field goal range, which is a task, especially when you have Jim Schwartz. But you give yourself that chance, that opportunity at least. To be able to do so. So you go for it. You got to go for the two. You're down 30-28. It's under two minutes left. You, I think we only had at that time, I believe, two timeouts. It may have been one. So you have to go for two. And the play call there is absolutely atrocious. Just the weird, the read option. Carson Wentz and Boston Scott are running into each other. For the life of me, I will never understand Doug Peterson's fascination with Boston Scott. I don't get it. I don't get it. The guy you have to have. You know, a, a viable Miles Sanders. I preached on this on this podcast. For I love Miles Sanders. He is elite. He's got elite capabilities. Anyway, he will never be truly elite in a Doug Peterson offense because Doug Peterson only wants to give him the ball nine, eleven times a game. He's pass happy. But Miles Sanders, if he had anybody else, would be a guy that you draft in top five. You know, top eight in the first round of your fantasy league. Instead. He's a you know a second round guy, fringe second round fantasy guy because Doug Peterson just passed happy as hell. But again, <clears throat> so when you look at that play call there, and again, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders came up on a long run, uh, the seventy four yard run, I believe it was a long run, and he got tackled from behind, uh, ball punch loose. J.J. Arcega Whiteside ends up recovering the fumble in the end zone, just does like a quadruple backflip because he's so happy to finally score that he is beside himself, even if it's by a fumble and he didn't do the work to get there. He's in the end zone. He's got possession of the ball. Points are on the board. Happy, happy. Uh, Miles Sanders comes up, knee injury. He's going to miss Thursday night's game now against the Giants. And, you know, I don't – I can't figure out why if, 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 if you're not – if you're going to neglect running back depth – why Boston Scott is the direction you go as opposed to Corey Clement. I like Corey Clement. 
He's a guy, you know, the Super Bowl year he 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 produced. He produced in the Super Bowl, caught a beautiful touchdown pass from Nick Foles, toe drag in the back of the end zone to get those six points on the board when he was just draped in Patriot coverage. You know, if if Miles Sanders is out, I don't know why Corey Clement's not the guy that gets that gets the the workload there. I don't. I don't understand this fascination with Boston Scott. I get he, you know, had a good game last year. Uh, against the Giants or whatever it was, if I remember correctly. But since then, what the hell's he done? When you've seen him on the field this year, what has he done? I'll wait. If you can think of anything of note that Boston Scott's done, at Grease Pole Podcast on Instagram, hit me up. Please let me know. I'm talking this season. The hell has he done to warrant getting even half of the looks, half of the opportunity to step on the field that he does? Because he's done nothing. He's done nothing. So if you're going to go there, I'd rather go with Corey Clement. But you go to that two-point conversion call, and it's just – I don't know – Carson Wentz has carte blanche to uh, audible out of plays. You know, I don't know why – I wish in that spot he would have, you know, done the kill-kill and, and, and gotten out of that play because it was just terrible play call. You know, Matt Judon blew it up. It, 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 that had disaster written on it from the, from the jump, from the word go – I don't know if, if you're going to do that, pull up, have a rub route, have a pick route, something, quick slant across the middle, fake read option, pump it and go, get it out of there. Give yourself a chance. We have a chance to tie and to upset the Baltimore Ravens. And and that that matters, man. That matters. As you go into a game this week, a divisional game against the New York Giants, it matters. You know, you sit here and you go, oh, yeah, the Giants, we should beat them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Even maybe with all the injuries, we should. Because I think for my money, the Giants are the worst team in the division in the NFC East. And that's saying something because they're all terrible. (laughs) They're all awful. Every single one of them. But I think by default, us and Dallas are the better two. So that leaves the football team and the Giants. And at least the football team can rush the passer. We saw that week one. The Giants can't do anything other than run the ball. Saquon Barkley's hurt. So take that out of the way as well. Uh, Giants are the worst team in the division, but do, am I going to – I wouldn't bet my house that we're going to beat them on Thursday night. There's no way. This – we don't have an opportunity. I don't understand the faction of this fan base that still is calling for Carson Wentz's head. And, oh, let, let's see what Jalen Hurts can do. Do you really think that Jalen Hurts – do you really think that Jalen Hurts is going to – would, would, would put up 22 points in the fourth quarter against Baltimore's defense – and and have this team in an opportunity to upset the rain, the reigning defending NFL MVP Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. There is absolutely no way Carson Wentz once again, even though he was getting teed off on by this Ravens defense, he got sacked by his own guy at one point, Jamon Brown, whatever the hell a guy's name is, the guard who filled in for Matt Pryor, who may or may not have COVID. That Wentz was taking a beating and he stood in there and he kept making plays, play after play, on the ground, through the air. Again, this guy put the team on his back and gave you an opportunity to win this game. And there's still people out there that go, ah, no, he's trash. If you don't see the talent that Carson Wentz has, do myself, do everybody around you, do, do this favor. 
for everybody. Never talk football again. Because you can look at the win-loss column and go, hey, he's one, four, and one, whatever. Look, watch the games. Watch the games because the amount of times this year that Carson Wentz, and I'm I'm not even going back to last year when, when, when undefeated in December happened to win the NFC East with guys like Greg Ward Jr. out there. I'm not even going back there. The wins happened there, so he got a little bit of credit. Even then, he didn't get the credit he deserved. But now, the wins aren't there as much because there's injuries along the offensive line, which is key. Carson Wentz can make a guy like Travis Fulgham or Greg Ward Jr. a star if he's protected and he's not running for his life, which he has been because, again, 17 offensive starters on this team have missed games. 17. Think about that. And you expect him to come out here and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns every game and look like Pat Mahomes and look like 2017 MVP-level Carson Wentz? It's not going to happen. He's lost an entire team and a half on offense. What he's doing with what he's got is remarkable. It truly is. And if you don't see it, you don't understand the game of football. This is a team that should be dead every single week. Carson Wentz, you say what you want with his his injury history. With his injury history, do not question his toughness because being sacked 25 times through six games, if the injury thing was a thing and he was made of chalk bones and peanut brittle, he would have already been dead. Watch the games. He's getting murdered back there. Any other quarterback would be making business decisions. And he's out there running, fighting for yards, making plays through the air to guys you've never heard of, running the ball repeatedly over and over again to get you a fresh set of downs, even though that's how he's been hurt several times. If you don't see the talent, if you don't appreciate what number 11 does, you are an idiot. Again, let's not, as Eagles fans, let's not be entitled, okay? There's been, and and, and please don't get, again, get get the Nick Foles argument out of here. If you're going to be that guy, oh, we need Nick Foles back, you really think Nick Foles would be able to do what Carson Wentz has done? Excuse me for the live burp, as I said Carson Wentz's name. Nick Foles is he's Nick Foles can move in the pocket. But again, do you think he would be able to do what Carson Wentz has done on the ground the last couple games, running for his life when he has to flush himself out of the pocket and go make plays? There is no way in hell Nick Foles is doing that. Absolutely no way. Five carries, 49 yards for a touchdown against on the ground against Baltimore. There's no way Foles is giving you that. No way. He's the default that everybody goes to because he won the Super Bowl. There's a statue of him outside the link. And, you know, now you got the Jalen Hurts albatross. And, and you know, because he comes in and he goes, you know, one for one for two yards or whatever. And he'll have a decent little run. So everybody gets all excited and they get it half-mast. And they think, okay, this is, this is what – imagine what we could do if we put – I saw this as a thing that was said this weekend. Imagine what – 
Imagine what this team would look like if they put a team around Jalen Hurts. Imagine what it would look like if they had a healthy team around Carson Wentz. That is what you should, John Lennon, imagine. Not if they put talent around the backup, who's here to be a high-profile Taysom Hill type. And go ahead and call the Saints fans. Ask your, ask your buddy if you got a Saints fan in your life. Yo, what's Taysom Hill dynamic done for you this year? And they'll tell you, nothing. You're playing with 10 guys. It's stupid. There's a reason all these fads die. The Wildcat, Ronnie Brown, Pat White in Miami back in the day. There's a reason it all goes away. Because it's stupid. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And again, if you cannot see the talent that Carson Wentz has and the fact that we're not even in these games, we're not. these games are not even possible to win Without Carson Wentz, you're you're a fool. You're a fool, and you're just hot take guy on the internet, who's who's just trying to get the like the thumbs on your comment because it's easy to tee off on the quarterback. It's easy to tee off on the quarterback, unless you can watch the game with some level of intelligence, unless you've played it before, unless you know what you're watching. These games are competitive because of Carson Wentz. Simple as that. Simple as that. The one I look at and blame throughout this entire process is Doug Peterson. I don't blame Carson Wentz. Again, he's the one out there on the field making plays, putting this team on his back, doing everything he can to put this team in a position to win. If you are Doug Peterson, now there has been multiple times this year where you have put – you have you – have, you haven't done your job as a coach. Your job as a coach is to give your team the best chance possible to win. And if you look back at the Cincinnati game where ties became acceptable and now this terrible two-point conversion call and, and just the happiness, the need to go for two all the time because I've got grainy glasses on and I have to overcompensate and I've been a backup quarterback my entire life, and a Philly special call won me a Super Bowl, so now I think I've got a midget's forearm down there. It doesn't happen. You cannot make that play call on that two-point conversion. You cannot do it. There's pick routes for a reason, things that have worked for you, and you go with a read-option-style play. It doesn't work, and there's a reason... Doug Peterson is costing this team, and there needs to be – Jeff Lurie's not going to do it because he's a great dude, and he's part of the reason why this organization has become what it's become because he's not a Jerry Jones type who meddles. Doug Peterson is not going to lose his job, although the flames on his seat are much hotter in my book because I look at this team, and there's two people that – this situation falls on Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman and I I when we started this podcast when I started this podcast up in April I told you I love Howie Roseman he's a great GM and I I I I still believe in that to a degree but there are certain parts of the roster that have been neglected over the years and it's showing now it is showing now the offensive line they tried, he tried to address the wide receiver group this year. Jalen Rager's been injured. But again, I would argue Alshon Jeffrey, okay, he's been injured as well. Deshaun Jackson never should have been brought back, ever. 
you're giving him all this money to play four games. He is useless. Get him the hell out of here at the end of the year. Please. This cap situation now this team in is a disaster because he continually throws money at people who don't deserve it, who don't need it for this team. It's like Paul Holmgren with the Flyers back in the day. We didn't need Vinny LeCavalier. But let's bring back Deshaun Jackson because people still wear their number 10 jerseys to the link every Sunday for whatever reason because he had a punt return against the Giants, so therefore he's awesome. They forget all the dumb stuff Deshaun Jackson's done, like throwing the ball, you know, uh, backwards out of his hand at Dallas Stadium before he crossed the goal line, the 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 off-the-field rap album distraction gang stuff, all of that. That's worth a punt return? That's worth cap space going to play, hey, maybe play a little bit for two, three games a year. He's a waste. Alshon Jeffrey can get the hell out of here too, still not having played a game. Jalen Rager and Dallas Goddard are eligible to be brought off of IR this week, and I hope to God they're good to go for Thursday night against the Giants. I'm not expecting it, but I hope so because that is the shot in the arm that this offense sorely, sorely needs is Jalen Rager. And, again, I love Jalen Rager. I love that pick. But it doesn't help the Internet trolls when the last couple weeks, even though Minnesota's been a mess too, Justin Jefferson, the guy that everybody wanted in the draft, has been killing it, and Jalen Rager's been out. I still stand by the fact that Jalen Rager was a hell of a pick. I do. And I think once he comes back, he's going to light it up because Carson's going to be looking his way. And you're going to need somebody out there other than Travis Fulgham to make plays. Dallas Goddard, when he returns, I love that guy's game. I love what he brings to the table. It's such a different element with him than Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is out here quitting on routes. He looks like he doesn't care. Poor body language. He wants to get paid you know, Kittle and Kelsey money, when he vanishes from games, I, I, I wanted him traded so badly, so badly I wanted Zach Ertz traded. And then he goes and he gets hurt, and he's out three to four weeks. The trade deadline's in two weeks. You can't trade a hurt player. So now we're stuck with a pouty guy. We're stuck with a diva and a pansy who has made, for all intents and purposes, good money. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He's got a hot wife, and uh, Julie Ertz from the U.S. Women's National Team, who also makes great money. And he wants more money, and he's out here looking like junk because he's pouting. But he's stuck now. We're stuck with him because he's hurt. So I can only hope that Dallas Goddard's good to go for Thursday night against Dow, or excuse me, against the Giants. I hope that God Jalen Rager is good to go. The jury's still out on that. But if not, if not, and everything stays the same and stays status quo, this is a team on Thursday night that is now going to be out 19 offensive starters that have missed games so far with Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz. Actually, I'm sorry. Uh, Miles, it would be 18 because Miles Sanders actually missed week one, so he figures into that 17. We are now up to 18 with Zach Ertz missing three to four weeks again. And, you know, injuries are a thing, man. It, 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 I don't want to be the guy. because it, it, It's accurate, man. It does seem like the injury albatross hovers way more over this franchise than it does anybody else, but I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. Oh, injuries, uh, yes, it, and it's valid. It is not an excuse. It is a reason here. It is a reason. But instead, I'm going to be the guy that tells you right now, don't. You know, when Carson Wentz starts killing it again, when this team does eventually play healthy again, 
and Carson Wentz is back to his MVP level. And I would argue that he's there now. I would argue he's there now. You know how hard it is to make plays in this league with nobody when you are running for your bleeping life back there and you're throwing to just dudes. Also, Travis Fulgham, because Travis Fulgham is no longer in the dude category. Travis Fulgham is a beast. We love him now. But when other than him, you've got like Greg Wards and Arcega Whitesides and John Hightowers who have now dropped three key passes in the last two weeks. When that's what you have to work with and you're scoring 22 points against Baltimore to give your chance, give your team a chance to win, I'd argue that's as good as you could possibly play. That's just my opinion. What say you hit me up at Grease Pole Podcast on Instagram. Let me know your take. I'm sure it's, you know, smart fans will agree. I'm not even saying, hey, I'm smart. I know more than you guys. But I just, I don't, I don't see why this is so hard for people to figure out. I don't. If you watch the games, you can see what Carson Wentz is doing, and it's unreal. It's unreal. Whether it shows up in the win-loss column or not, it's unreal. It is absolutely unreal. Miles Sanders will be out Thursday night against the Giants again. And it's, this is another stat, just quickly on Doug Peterson. Um, I jotted this down because I did want to bring this up, and I, I thought this was a perfect microcosm uh, to the issues that the Eagles offense are having with Doug Peterson's terrible play calling. He just, it, there needs to be a true offensive coordinator in there. I wish he would give play calling duties to Deuce Staley, who has been there for years. And you know Deuce would run the ball. You know he would. Think about this. Miles Sanders is third in the NFL in rushing yards. Third in the NFL in rushing yards. He's 16th in carries. Think about that. So this is a guy that is maximizing. And again, with the run game, man, you got it. Every run is not going to be, you know, the guy that sits there on the couch after, you know, you, you, you pound the rock and it's only a yard or two gain. The guy that goes, oh, that sucks. Yeah, like that. You can't. The running game is designed to to pound the other team into submission, to get your offensive line firing off the ball, body blows to the defense, and to eventually wear them out. Every play is not going to go, you know, seventy five yards. Miles Sanders has had two big runs the last two weeks. Like, and that that alone is great. Like, not every run can be a Derrick Henry ninety four yarder that he had against Houston on Sunday. That's not going to happen. Okay. But to be third in the NFL in rushing yards and 16th in carries is just egregious. That right there goes to show you this guy could be the rushing champion. He could win the rushing title easily. But Doug Peterson just refuses to run the ball. There is no way Miles Sanders should be getting 9 and 11 carries a game. He should be getting 20 at the minimum. That is the absolute least that Miles Sanders should be getting. You run the ball with him 20 times a game. You control the clock. You control the tempo. You control the game. And you pound the other team into submission. Again, it's body blows. It's a toughness thing. It's a mentality. It's a mindset that you adopt and you instill on the opposing team. Simple as that. But Doug Peterson refuses to do it. Thankfully for him, he's got a quarterback in Carson Wentz that is able to dig his team out of the abyss constantly and make Eagles games somewhat entertaining to watch. Otherwise, this team would be dead in the first half every single week. But you get a full 60-minute experience 
with 11 back there under center because he is that damn good. The positive is the Dallas Cowboys lost last night, 38-10 to to the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, what a game for him. You know, and, and at this point, man, it, a Cowboys loss feels like an Eagles win. You know what I mean? I, I You know, Andy Dalton looked overwhelmed from what I saw. I ended up being an old guy that nodded off on the couch in the third quarter. But it was a pleasure uh, to watch Arizona just come out. That, the first quarter of that game was kind of slow. And then Arizona in the second half just went ballistic and just lit Dallas up. You know, this division right now is a joke. And it's funny because, you know, for years it was the Birds that were the only team in the division that hadn't won a Super Bowl. Then we won one Super Bowl 52, and it's, yo, this is the only division in the NFL where all four teams have a Super Bowl ring. And ever since then, it's just been garbage. (laughs) Nobody, you know, that was a couple weeks ago, a guy at work who's a uh, fan of the football team goes, yeah, 7-9 is going to win this division. Now, Jesus Christ, if anybody, if this team go, if any of these teams go 7-9, I think it will be an upset at this point. We're looking at maybe 5-11 or 6-10 winning this this division. This This makes the Seattle, that year Seattle, won the NFC West. Uh, it's seven and nine, and then Marshawn had the the beast mode stiff arm against Tracy Porter in the wild card, and they beat the Saints, and ended up going to the divisional playoff at a record of eight and nine. <laughs> this these NFC East teams make that Seattle team look like an historic like 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 last year's Chiefs type deal. You know what I mean? Or the 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 undefeated the eighteen and zero Patriots, or whatever it was. It's just it it it's it's a mess. But that. And still, at one four and one, to still have well, we're in the division. We can still get into the playoffs. I mean, come on. When you are when you're being mentioned like, hey, odds makers, chance to have the top first overall pick, and you also still have a chance to win the division. The hell is going on here? But again, that's that's the that's the wonders of the NFC East. That's the joy of having a quarterback like Carson Wentz. You can have a team around you that's that damn bad, which this team is, with the injuries, that damn bad. And you can have a quarterback that gives you a chance to win every single week. And that's all you can ask your quarterback to do. If you've got a quarterback that can put the team on his back and have a chance to compete every week, that, that, that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. Again, I would argue Carson Wentz had a better game than Aaron Rodgers did this past, Friday, this past week uh, when Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the Packers went against Tampa Bay. You know, and I don't think anybody's thinking Carson Wentz is better than Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, you know, look, look at the games they had. Look at the games they had. Look at who they played. Watch the games. And don't tell me that Carson Wentz isn't doing every damn thing he can. This team, Carson Wentz is treating this team like a tube of toothpaste. You know how you keep, you get down to the bottom of it and you keep, you squeeze it and you keep squeezing it. You fold it. Yeah, you do the fold and you keep squeezing it. You rub it. You rub it along the edge of the the counter in the bathroom just to get one more brush worth out of your toothpaste tube. That's how Carson Wentz is treating this team right now. It's a perfect metaphor that I can think of. That, and if, if, if you don't appreciate that and you want that guy out of here, you don't hop on the bandwagon when everything's healthy, when this injury dark cloud albatross finally goes away and hovers over another team, and everybody's right again, and Carson Wentz gets back to the MVP level. Nationally, recognized, because he's there now. The talent's just not there. But when it gets back, please don't bring your ass to come crawling back on the bandwagon after you've already bailed, because there is no room. We don't want you anymore. Let me know what you think. 
at Greasepole Podcast on IG. Uh, opinions are always welcome. We've got 48 hours now till we play the Giants on Thursday night. That'll be uh, who knows, who knows. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna speculate more. In <laughs> I, I think. It, can we have a zero-zero tie? <laughs> it, it's gonna be. I mean, I look. I look. When when should light it up against against the Giants' defense because their defense is just, it's just turnstiles out there. But then again, I mean, I. Like, we can't – if you're an Eagles fan, you can't say anything about anybody really right now because there's not a lot going on for us. You know, again, I just – I just the, the comment section guy who's going to sit there and trash Carson constantly and, you know, it, it, please don't be lazy. Please don't be lazy. If you're going to go through the effort of posting your opinion out there for everybody to read, you know, it, like Herm Edwards said, don't press send. Just, just read, maybe reconsider a little bit. Give, it, give yourself some time to sober up before you put some BS out there because you make an idiot out of yourself. You really, really do. Because, again, he's playing at an MVP level right now. It's just not reflecting the win-loss column. But how the hell could it when you're down to practice squad guys every Sunday in a year where there was no offseason, really? So that being said, uh, next week we will go over whatever happens on Thursday night with whoever's out there. Again, hopefully Jalen Rager and Dallas Goddard are back. You know, we'll – We'll see how that goes. If not, we know we're going it without Ertz, which is basically the same as usual anyway because we've been going it without Zach Ertz because he hasn't been existing even when he's out there. So, yay, Richard Rodgers if Dallas Goddard can't go. The Miles Sanders loss will be huge, but I'm sure that means plenty of doses of Doug Peterson's favorite running back, Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Boston Scott. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a long Thursday night. Good thing there's something called sick time because it might be hard to go through this one sober. But nonetheless, I will see you back here next week and we will talk about it hopefully we'll be two four and one and uh still very much in the picture of winning the terrible nfc east so appreciate you taking part subscribe rate and review every episode is available on apple Podcasts and spotify i will see you back here after thursday night football as always go birds yo how'd barkley put it <laughs> looking like another grease pole night in philly philly philly, philly.